Hello, Aggies. I'm Sophie Wardle, welcoming you to your weekly Aggie news update. USU recently announced that they will be adding a new Chinese major. Tory Green, former USU football player, took the stand in his sexual assault trial and told his six alleged victims that he's, quote, sorry for breaking their hearts, close quote. Both sides have rested their cases in the trial and a verdict is expected by Friday afternoon. That's all for this week. See you next week, Aggies. Yo, can I get some feedback? This kind of feedback? No, dude. About our station. Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLULP Logan, dude. Take the survey now at AggieRadio.com. KBLULP Logan, Utah. Hey, Jacob Geronius Jackson! Get in! You wanna know something awesome? What? I found something so amazing. Tell it's me called what? Aggie Radio Theater! Sunday nights! 11 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. on KBLU. 92.3 FM. It's also online at Podbean and USU.edu slash radio. Hey, Jacob Geronius Jackson! Get in! You wanna know something awesome? What? I found something so amazing. Tell it's me called what? Aggie Radio Theater! Sunday nights! 11 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. on KBLU. Jaden Johnson, as usual. This show would not happen without him, as my nightmare last week of trying to do a show without him. The nightmare I had, not the show I did. Um, <laughs> let me explain this a little better. Last week, Jaden was gone. He was traveling to the women's basketball team because he does their play-by-play, and I thought, oh, it's okay, I'll try and do a show without him. And that night, before the show was supposed to go on, I had a terrible nightmare about falling asleep in the middle of um, play-by-play commentary that I was invited to do. So. You will never hear this show without Jaden, now that I am scarred by that nightmare. Paige, I, I think that you need to have more confidence in your abilities. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think that you would actually fall asleep on the, the air. studio, on well, the air. <laughs> if nothing else, it would be interesting because I would probably snore, so. <laughs> well, that would be, be entertaining as well. Right? <laughs> Maybe someone would want to just listen to that on their, you know, evening commute. Jaden, how are you? What's up? Oh, I am good. I am good. It's, uh... It's a good time to be an Aggie. It's a good time to be talking Aggie sports. And uh, it's a good time to be here at the studio with the wonderful sports page. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're feeling the same way about Aggie sports as I am because it has been a blast. This past Saturday, I had a lot of fun. Um, I had to stream both games at home. My daughter was sick. So Indy had me and her dad at home um, watching the games streaming from the Mountain West Network, and it was so fun to watch these teams do so well. Honestly, I was very entertained. Yeah, you know, I, I think that at one hand, uh, on one hand, when you look at USC Athletics, it was like a little bit of a down year for a whole bunch of the sports. Soccer was was way down, softball, volleyball, way down. But, like, I don't want to say the main sports, but I'd say, I'd say that... that if you, if you were talking about the three that the most people are invested in, football, yeah. men's basketball, women's basketball, those are the three that have really excelled and done very well this season. So it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I think the funnest part about it is that a lot of us were taken by surprise by it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. We knew about specific people on the teams that we enjoyed and things like that, but collectively, none of us expected a ton from, I don't think either one of these three teams. Maybe the football team, I don't know, I think, but I think these three teams have really just exceeded expectations. Well, and well if, you would have, if you would have said before the season, what's, uh, 
what's the football seasons or the, what's the football team's peak? What what's their ceiling? You probably would have said I don't know eight nine wins. Right. They go get eleven. Uh, if you would have said what's the women's basketball team's ceiling? Probably would have said maybe about five hundred. Well, right now they're second in the Mountain West and uh, five and one in conference play. You say what's the men's basketball team? Probably about the same. And uh, yeah, we all know what they've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing about this, I, I I guess I'm repeating myself a little bit, but just breaking it down a little more, thinking about specific athletes, right? About specific things you'd see from certain players. Um, I mean, we knew we had some bigs on the women's basketball team that could bring a lot. Um, I know Deja Mason, I've watched her for the, all the years she's been here and seen what she could do. And then, um, I mean, we see these new faces come in, Numius Keita, for example. Everybody was expecting so much from him. And he has a disappointed, but there's other names that I don't know if we expected so much from, but they're really coming out. I had the chance to speak with Shannon Duffesty, and I know you get to hear from her a lot and talk about her a lot because you do a play-by-play for the women's basketball team. Um, but in in past years, she's been one of those that, you know, we knew we could expect real great defense from her. We knew we could mm-hmm. expect, you know, her bodying up underneath the basket and everything like that and getting rebounds. That's something she's always been good at. But it's players like her who have started going into the other aspect of the game, right, where she's an offensive threat now. Um, and even they run certain plays around their bigs now, which is totally different than they've been in other years. And that's been really fun to watch, too. Um, well, for anybody for anybody who's who's not as familiar with the women's basketball team, it, it's about time that you uh, that you get familiar because mm-hmm. you're talking about Shannon Duffy. She's probably the Mountain West Player of the Year at this point. There's there's a couple of others names in the, in the discussion, but at this point, if the season were to end today, I think she's the Mountain West Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Just we'll see if that plays out that way. Mm-hmm. She's she's almost almost indefinitely going to be the uh, on on the Mountain West first team, uh, but very possibly the Mountain West Player of the Year. I mentioned they're five and one in conference play. They're five and two on the road. Last season, this team won one game outside of Logan. They went one and seventeen in games played outside of Logan. They're five and two on the road. Uh, not only that, that stat alone, it's ridiculous. But there's so much more than that. Not only that, they they uh, they beat Wyoming here at home. Wyoming, who was thought to be maybe the second or third best team in the conference, they took them down. Uh, they decimated Colorado State on the road where they haven't won since 1980 and just blew them out of the water. The score, it was a 19-point win. It was it was really more than a 19-point win, though. Um, and their lone loss came to Fresno State, who's uh, right now in first place in the conference, or, or I guess second place now in the conference. And so, and that was a tough one on the road where they really hung tight. They're 10-7, and seven, but you look at the losses, three of those are to Pac-12 teams. One is to Fresno State on the road, like I mentioned. One is to BYU in overtime. BYU, who just beat the number 14th ranked team in the nation. And there's really not not not, not a bad loss. I guess there's you know, one or two that you could consider like losses that they really should have won. But they played the 26th ranked strength of schedule in the nation preseason. If you're not paying attention to this team yet, and you care about sports, you're missing out. Like, I get it that some people, like, I mean, they're probably not even listening to this right now, right? But if you care enough about sports to care about Aggie sports, then this team is the one to be watching right now. And I feel like I hear from people all the time, you know, what their specific interests are in sports and, you know, men's basketball. They say it's more interesting. And that's a whole other conversation that I could have for a really <laughs> well, I, long time. I know that you'll go off on that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to. But what I have to say now is if there was ever a team to watch in women's basketball, I think this one is it. And I think there's going to be even better. I don't think they've peaked yet. Well, and, and here's a little plug for uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They've got New Mexico coming to the spectrum. New Mexico... Uh, They've only lost two games this season. They're receiving votes in the AP Top 25, and that is going to have a huge impact on tournament seeding and 
on uh, who, who's really viewed as the top dog in the conference. Now, I, I, I think the Boise's probably the top team in the conference. I voted them preseason as, as the favorite. They were the preseason favorite, and they haven't really done anything to lose that throne. But New Mexico's a pretty darn close second. And uh, and so if you're if you're in the if you're in the valley and you have the opportunity, you have a free Saturday afternoon. That's going to be a heck of a game to get out to. Utah State New Mexico tomorrow at two o'clock p.m. Uh, and you know if Utah State wins that, then they're pretty rightfully going to be viewed as one of the teams to beat in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, and it's it's about time. <laughs> you know, I've been watching this team for a while and. I feel like they're finally playing like they do individually, collectively. Not to mention, they're fun to watch. I mean, even the bench. I love the energy that this team has, the chemistry. That's one thing that Shannon Duff to see when I spoke with her this past week. She couldn't not say. You know, she she had to talk about how close she feels to all of her teammates, how fun it is to play with them, and how when they have successes. You know, when she's being talked about so much in the Mountain West, she feels like it's just kind of her job to bring that attention to her team. And as someone who's been here, Shannon's now been here for three years, she feels like she kind of owes that to her team, and she's glad that they're finally getting it. Um, shout out to Coach Corey Smith. We, we see that you're listening. Um, you and Coach Paris Johnson, who was on the show with us before, um, told us to you know watch for the bench and everything. You guys have been so fun to keep that energy up. I believe it starts from the top. I think that's one of the reasons why this team is doing so well. I think it has a lot to do with some of the, or they're almost entirely new coaching staff that they have. So well, thanks for listening, Coach. <laughs> and one more plug: you were talking about um, about Shannon Duffy just now, and and you know we brought her up as a potential Player of the Year candidate in the Mountain West Conference, and uh, she's got the stats to back it up. She has now seven straight double-doubles. That ties a program record for the most consecutive double-doubles. She can break that tomorrow if, uh, if she goes for another. She uh, is one of only 26 players in the nation right now averaging a triple-double. Averaging. Uh, I'm sorry. I say triple-double. I'm sorry. I apologize. A double-double. Not quite there yet. <laughs> a double-double. Let me, let me correct myself. Um, and uh, currently ranks Number one in the conference in rebounds per game. Number three in the conference in points per game. I'm sorry, number two in the conference in points per game. Number three in the conference in steals per game. And uh, so if you're wondering where that player of the year chat comes from, look no further. Well, and as far as a Utah State athlete, she's going to be remembered for sure. She's second all-time in career rebounds. She has 674. And she had... 16 rebounds at UTSA this season, but her career high is 19. Well, and recently I mean, became the number two all-time rebounder in program history. Yeah. In that in that uh, game last week. Yeah, and I think, and this is like I was saying, right? Like all her defensive things, those are things we knew about her. But this season is what's going to send her really over the top because offensively, she's unstoppable. Well, number number two rebounder all-time with still uh, a season and a half to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's gonna blow that stat out of the water. It'll be years before it's broken. Again. Yeah, and that same goes to uh, to Eliza West in the assist category. The same thing was uh, with Deja Mason in the blocks category. There's a very good chance that at the end of this year, while Deja's still on the team and, and before uh, this team loses a couple of players, that you will have the number one all-time passer, rebounder, and blocker on the same team at the same time. What better team than to go as far as we predict they're going to go in the Mountain West? There's I, I shouldn't speak for both of us, but both of us have a really great feeling about this team. Yeah. That much I know from you. So, Jaden, so, I've never been the fantasy sports kind of person, and I'm pretty sure there's not a fantasy basketball league. Is there a fantasy basketball league? Oh, yeah, league? yeah. Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to have you dive into your imagination for a second with me here. Okay. So it's a three-on-three -three tournament, say, you and I, which doesn't make sense because that's only two teams, but you got to pick a team, and it's you and two others. So I'm going to have you actually pick two teams. I want you to pick your two teammates from the women's team. Who would you want oh on your fantasy team? 
I think you should go first. Are we are we both picking a team? We're gonna both pick, yeah. But and I know it's it's rough because I think about all these other aspects, but I've got to think. So just think in this well, season, right? First off, I wouldn't be touching the ball at all. So it'd be a two. And, it would be a two on two. <laughs> right. If you've ever seen me play basketball. <laughs> well, that's so funny because I actually um, the most recent time I played basketball was teaching a handful of nine year olds how to play lightning, and that was fun. <laughs> so with them, I I held my own pretty well. I would stand on the free throw line, and I'd say, if I'm wide open and you have no other option, give it to me, and I might take the shot. <laughs> I mean, and now we see why you and I are in the studio talking about it, right? Or on the sidelines chatting about the game, not on the court. So, here, how about we do it this way? Let's do three on three, us not in the game. So, my three that I would pick, I got to go with Shannon Deficy, Olivia West, and I... Because I was never tall when I did play basketball, I love big. So I would go with Shannon FC, Olivia West, and Deja Mason. Oh, so you're going three on three, not with you. Yeah, in sorry. I changed the rules. Sorry. <laughs> oh. So we'll take ourselves out of it, and we'll go three on three with without you in it. So we're going to do this for the men's team, too. But right now, who would you pick? And I guess it wouldn't be fair to say you can't pick who I already picked. But then we won't be able to. We're gonna do the same with the men's team in a minute. Yeah, we are. Uh, okay, my my. So I can make a clone of these players and have them play against. Against themselves. Yeah, <laughs> against well, because it's not fair that I went first. <laughs> but uh, who who are your all right top three you would want to count on through the season? Let's go with a balance a balanced attack. So in the post, you'll have uh, you'll have Shannon down there grabbing all the rebounds, getting all those post boards. Or all those all those post points uh, in the mid range, Rachel Brewster knocking down fifteen footers for days, mm -hmm. and then outside. Uh, and they look go. so pretty every time. Can I just say that real quick? Like, I think she has <laughs> one of the prettiest three point shots I have ever seen. Outside, outside. Let's go with Steph Gorman. Oh, okay. She, does, she doesn't miss when she's open. Mm -hmm. Oh, that Steph Gorman has been one of my favorite freshmen that I've ever seen at Utah State. Like that'd be I a think. mean trio. Yeah, they're gonna beat your trio from down under. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that, is, that is an all-Aussie uh, all trio. Uh -huh, it is, I, which is fairly easy to pick out from this team. All right, who are you going with on the men's team? Okay, I, you know who I have been very impressed with, and I feel like he's always been impressive, I just didn't really notice, Quinn Taylor. Quinn Taylor is, Because I uh, dig that he can, he has a deep out, or a decent outside shot. Are you, are you saying this because he's a Sports Page Out Loud alum? Because he came on the show? <laughs> yes. So why? <laughs> that is partly why. No, I honestly, I think he is one of the, he's he's killer. I like that he's, um, what's the word for it? Dynamic, where they can play. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. Dynamic. Yeah. He can he do, has, he can do a lot. And I, I dig his shot, too. I know that's a little bit of, like, so much of a fangirl thing to say, but, like, I just, you know, you have those people that you like the way it looks when the shot comes yeah. off their fingers. And Quinn Taylor's one of those for me. Um, and then I'm going to have to say Brock Miller. Okay. He, I, that three-point shot, I'm a sucker for a three-point shot that sinks all the time. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is not even, you know, he's, he's still got a long ways to go to get to this point. But it's, when I watch Brock Miller play, I think in the same vein of a Clay Thompson, just a catch-and-shoot guy who's got such a pure stroke from outside now, obviously, again, Clay Thompson, one of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball, but right, right. the same kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Sparks the same feeling in yep. a little bit, right? Yeah, I get it. I'm like Maria Kondo in here, spark and joy. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> also, I think, oh man, now I'm just getting into like who are my favorite players to watch. <laughs> and honestly, I think Dwayne Brown Jr. is a really, really fun kid to watch. I, I agree. And I agree. so I like, that's like kind of game. a funky mix-up, Quinn, Brock, and Dwayne Brown Jr. But I I mean, I think they could do some damage. I'm shocked you didn't take... Uh, Keita? No, I'm shocked you didn't take Sam Merrill on Well, I mean, see, this is why I was struggling with that last one, because I was like, oh, I should have picked so many. But I just I wanted to leave you without having to clone. Um some good options there. So. Yeah, well, that's that's good because I don't know if I'm gonna have to clone any 
Uh, oh, man. I think that that's a solid team. But Abel I'm, Porter, though, I would totally take him as my fourth <laughs> man if there was one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with the uh, Sam Merrill out, outside. Yeah. You know, just knocking down threes for days, running, uh, running the show. Such a ball handler, like yep. so well. He plays so composed. Well, I he, feel like Sam's one of those. He's that. a good shooter, and I think he's an underrated, uh, an underrated driver mm-hmm. as well. He's really good at, at just getting, getting into the paint. You know, not taking. I think that the last few years we saw him. He'd get, he'd drive, and then he put up a lot of off-balance shots that were just wild, and never really had a chance. But that's really improved this season. And well, and I think that has to do with the work he put on in the offseason, of oh, course. Oh yeah. Well, and you look at how much, how much weight, too, how much right? muscle like, he's put on. He's you know. just he's a a bigger threat, like figuratively and physically. I yeah. think. So we're gonna go with him. All right. Uh, I know it's. Maybe, I, I don't know, in three-on-three, three, maybe a 6'11 center doesn't play as much of a role, but how could you not right. go, go with Mimi on that team? Uh, what a guy, though. He has been... <laughs> and the fact that he already, when he dunks and when he like finishes plays and things like that, he already looks like he's in the NBA, let's be honest. Well, like probably not too far removed. I know. That's how I feel, too. And I feel like he just... In a way, we're kind of just like a stepping stone for him, which is what we hope for all of our players. But it might be a shorter stepping stone well, than we think. Because for for a program like Utah State, which who's the last player that you can think of that went to the NBA outside of Jalen Moore? Jalen Moore, you know, he, he went and signed a two way contract. He'd probably still be in the NBA mm-hmm. um, had had uh, had he not dealt with some, with with mental health issues and, and things like that, which uh, led him to leaving the league. But Outside of outside of Jalen Moore, it's been. I can't think of. It's been a long, I am long, right now. long time. Yeah. I mean, probably thirty plus, thirty five mm-hmm. plus years, and so the fact that now Aggie fans are like, "Oh, I just hope that we get Mimi till his junior year." Right. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. I think he, yeah, like I said, he already looks like he belongs in the league. Like we're, yeah. like he's just kind of gracing us with his presence for a little bit, you know. So. Man, aren't we proud to be an Aggie with him it's in great. that jersey, right? It's great. Yeah. And uh, and you know Sam, Sam Merrill, I don't know, I don't know what his uh, NBA prospectus is, but I tell you what, he's gonna make a lot of money playing basketball for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, uh, you know, whether that's riding the bench in the NBA, whether you know whether his he's yet to hit his ceiling and could be a role player, whether he plays overseas, I don't know, but he's gonna make some money. All right. So uh, and then my you third one left. Boy, this is where it gets a little tricky. I, I you know, I think I'm, I'm tempted to go with Quinn Taylor as well. Clone him over, either Quinn or, or Dwayne Brown. One of those larger, you know, I guess like a smaller forward position. Mm-hmm. I think those. Yeah, I think the. The Quinn and the Dwaynes of it, they they take this team to a different level because of how we were talking about. Um, they're so dynamic, right, and what they can do. I think um, Dwayne Brown Jr., I think we're going to see more from him. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to be um, seen from him. That's literally just saying the same thing two different ways. But <laughs> I think... There's, it's going to be exciting to watch him the well, rest of the season, too. Yeah. And speaking of big games, you know, we were talking about how, how huge that game is on the women's side, hosting New Mexico here tomorrow. The men's team is at New Mexico, which the pit is a notoriously tough place to play. New Mexico, yeah, they're, they're down a little bit this year, uh, but it's also the team that knocked Utah State out of the tournament last year. Uh, it's a team that I think severely underperformed in the preseason and uh, is frankly a whole lot better than their record shows because of that and, and that they're starting to get better, starting to climb. I think they've got a heck of a coach in Paul Weir and uh, it's going to be a big game for them. I think so too. I think that both of them kind of have a little bit to prove there because of um, history with New Mexico more recently and with us um, being you know, knocked out of the tournament. So. Well, and, and you know, if, if the men's team, if they were hosting New Mexico, that's probably a game that you'd say, oh, they, you know, they probably should win that. New Mexico's 9-10. and 10. Where it's on the road, and it's, 
it's just a tough, tough team to play. I, I think that that's going to be a big game, and if they win that, uh, it's going to say some really good things about this team. And so, both those games, boy, what a lineup tomorrow mm-hmm. here on Aggie Radio. You can uh, you can hear the the women's game. I guess both the games are at, at two o'clock p.m. And so, if you want to hear the women's game, that will be streamed uh, primarily on AggieRadio.com. If you go to the homepage, there's a there's a YouTube stream, and so you click on that. And you can hear that, or uh, you know, just get down to the spectrum and watch it yourself. Even better. Uh, but if you want to hear the men's game, it's going to be on uh, 92.3 FM in Cache Valley. So we'll carry them both. They're both at the same time. Women's game will be online, and uh, the men's game will be right here with Scotty G on 12 or on uh, on uh, 92.3. All right. You can have one on your phone, one on your TV, or <laughs> one in your car, one on your phone. That's how or, we live in or this. be at the at the women's game mm-hmm. and listen to the men's but, game. That'd be perfect, <laughs> and you will not regret watching this women's team play. We're going to go to break with that, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Aggie sports that we have going on, and I want to take or get Jaden's take on a few on Aggie Radio, KBLU LP, Logan, Utah, ninety-two-three FM. Page out loud. We just created our very own three-on-three basketball teams. Jaden and I did, and um, sounds like if our clones of our picks were to play each other, it'd be a pretty interesting <laughs> showdown. Um, but Jaden, last time you and I were on the air was about two weeks ago, 
and it was at that point we were kind of right in the halfway mark of the season and I asked where you're thinking these teams are going to end up at the end of the season and if you remember you said if the women won that weekend against Wyoming you would change your idea so mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you again same question where do you see both of these teams finishing yeah well I think I think uh, without going back and looking I, I think that I said at that point Probably just on the outside of a week one buy, which would or a day one buy at the tournament, which would be the six or seven seed, which you know that's that's right in the middle of the of the conference and not an ugly place to be. Not a bad place to be, yeah. Especially after after last season, we all know how that went. Uh, but yeah, I did say you know if they win this game against Wyoming, which they did win, and, and on top of that, then they went on the road and beat Colorado State, really blew Colorado State out of the water. And if I can road. plug for a second, sorry, Colorado State, although they're having an off or off or mm -hmm. a more off season, um, they have been a threat consistently. Oh, in absolutely. Other years. Colorado State, for a long time, was the team to beat. So yeah, well, they've won twenty or more games, and I think I think it's like six or seven straight seasons. They've, yeah, they've and been a really good team for a really long time. Since what was it, nineteen eighty? We haven't had a win yeah, since in at Colorado State. So. Let's not, I mean, yeah, Colorado State might be struggling a little bit this season, but that win is still huge oh, no question. for this team. No question. So after, you know, after both of those, and I said, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I, I do the play-by-play -play for the women's team, and, and we do a pregame and a postgame show. And I said pregame before that Colorado State game. You know, sure that, that Wyoming one was great, and that showed that, that they can hang in there with the, the tough teams in the conference. But I said, this Colorado State game, if you go on the road and beat a team like this, a team that really beat you up last season, and a team that uh, has, has shown grit even in the games that they've lost this year, if you can win that, then you're proving yourself to not just be uh, a, a good team, not just a decent Mountain West team, but a, an actual contender in the Mountain West. And then they did it decisively. So at this point, it's hard to see them almost not getting that first day by finishing in the top five in the conference and, and then when you know the tournament rolls around that's when things get crazy and that's when anything can happen um, you'd have to imagine at this point they finish third fourth maybe even higher mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking too I'm thinking very comfortably I'm saying third and fourth um, and Jada you know me I'm just going to keep on putting you on the spot so I get the opportunity to interview them once a while, once in a while, you know, but you're with them fairly often because mm -hmm. you travel with the team doing the play-by-play. -play. How are they reacting to these wins? From what I've gotten, I mean, I have I have my idea of what they seem like, but you know, after these wins and everything, do they seem like they're surprised by it? Do they seem like they've been wanting it to come all along, or that they thought it was going to come all along? How? I mean, are they as where were their expectations, and are they surprising themselves as much as they're surprising all of us? Well, I'll say it's been a whole lot more fun to uh, to be around the entire team, especially on the road this season than last season. Um, That's for sure. Because well, you look at you look at it. And two years ago, uh, they win sixteen games, I believe it was maybe seventeen games. Uh, you know, just above five hundred. They win in the first round of the tournament, and that was with the youngest team in the country. And everyone thought, oh, wow, just imagine when all these freshmen are, are juniors and seniors. And then the next year, you know, last year, really really kind of disappointing. And, and there were, I think, a lot of things that went into it. And I'm not going to get into that. But um, I think that this year there was really the question of how will they bounce back? Will they be able to bounce back? Will this be the team that we thought that they would be? And uh, sure enough, it, it was a headstrong enough group and a mature enough group that they put all of last year behind them. And so it's been a whole lot more fun to be around that group, to watch that group this season, and I think that there's a really good vibe around the team. So with that, do you think it's that maturity, that, you know, that head strength, <laughs> that head, like being able to just kind of power through that, that's given them the success this year, or do you think that success is kind of always going to happen? I mean, well, what well, makes the team? Yeah, well, look, I mean, Coach Finkbeiner said this a million times last year, that Two years ago, they were the youngest team in the nation. Last year, they were the third youngest team in the nation. They were starting uh, and, and almost entirely playing underclassmen. And he said, 
you know, this year we kind of had to have that excuse. Not that he was using it as, a, as an excuse, but this year that's what people will say. Next year, though, you've got one of the older teams. You've got all of a sudden, instead of uh, eight, nine, ten underclassmen or whatever they have, now it's almost entirely upperclassmen. Now it's all juniors and a couple of seniors, and there's really no reason to not have that kind of uh, domination. And I think that, yeah, I think a big part of it is the maturity of the team and, the, you know, they've played together for three three years now almost entirely. Sure, there are, there are freshmen and, and sophomores that are contributing, but the core group of this team is the juniors and the couple of seniors that are on there. And the interesting thing about that is one of our freshmen, one of the most notable, or the most notable freshmen, right, Steph Gorman, has played with some of them before she was here in Australia. Which <laughs> yeah, I guess, which I guess that, like, I don't know. And I, I don't, I know that won't play in too much, but for me, in talking, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just gotta, I just gotta, as you're on that topic, uh -huh. I gotta know, tomorrow is Australia Day. Oh, <laughs> and, we're gonna and you're gonna have uh, five Australians from Utah State on the court, and I think two from New Mexico. Let me look. I, I know that you have uh, at least a couple. Oh, well, so, we're, we're lot, lot of in our on same pool down on the, huh? <laughs> I really gotta stop with that. It's not funny. And any of the times I've done it, it's not funny, but. You know, sometimes you just can't help it. From what I've seen from Shannon, though, and it's, I mean, another cool thing, um, Shannon, I actually met her when she was on her visit the year before her freshman year. So we're just, I'm a senior, she's a junior, right? We're just one year apart. And I met her when she was at Chick-fil-A with Coach Ben after one of the games. And um, I heard her family talking about the game, so I went up and introduced myself because that's how I am. I just introduced myself to people at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I met her and realized she was a recruit and thought she was really great then. I was excited about what she was going to bring, but never could I have imagined that she would bring so much I don't know, yeah. of everything that she's brought. Yeah. Two, two Aussies on uh, New Mexico, so seven, seven in total. All right. What a, what a, what a time for Australia Day. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> perfect. Um, when I spoke with Shannon, though, she, she seems like this success that they've been seeing is just something they've been planning all along and she she's like well everybody's finally like catching up to the fact that we know we're good right and they're finally playing like it well and you like to I see really that. enjoy seeing and, that. and that's what that's exactly what we saw with uh with the men's team as well because you'll remember and i've brought this up a few times since yeah. when, mm -hmm. when sam merrill came in here before the season it was probably what two or three weeks before the season when yeah. he came on the show before the like exhibition game yeah and he said very frankly I don't know why in the world anybody is is selling us short because we made it to the semifinals last year farther than we ever have in the Mountain West tournament. We uh, we bring back a good handful of our starters. We've got a great new coach, and people are acting like that's a bad thing. And he was confident in the recruits they brought. And uh, you know, so I, I think that a big part of both of these teams' success has come from the confidence within that. They're better than their preseason projections showed. Mm -hmm. Which, again, they're, I think sometimes that's why it's fun to watch, right? That's confidence makes teams more entertaining. And that's something I really love about these teams. Do you have any difference in your predictions for how the men will end this season? Where they're going from, to uh, from a couple of weeks ago or from the beginning of the season? <laughs> from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> when you adjust your predictions, if you would like. Yeah, I've, I've definitely got some, some different ideas. Uh, well, for the, from a couple of weeks ago, I, I don't think that my thoughts about this team have really wavered. Sure, they lost a really tough one against Fresno State earlier on in the season and, uh, and whatnot, but I, I think that this team is what we thought they would be at the end of the preseason, and, and that is a real contender in the Mountain West Conference. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a couple of losses, but it's to a couple of really good Mountain West Conference teams. They played Fresno right down to the buzzer in, in Nevada. That one didn't go, I think, how Aggie fans thought it would as far as the closeness of the game, but you're playing the number six team in the nation on the road. Um, I still I think that they're a top four team, probably a top three team in the Mountain West Conference. Um, it's hard to see me. It's hard for me to see them falling outside of that top five. And really, how things work in the tournament, there's a huge difference between being the number three seed and the number four seed. Because if you're the number three seed, 
Then you're playing uh, one of the... In, both, both teams get the first round by, but then you're playing one of the teams that played on the first day. If you're the four seed, you're playing the fifth seed. Which also got the bye. Which also got the bye, okay. and which is uh, a much higher-seeded team and a tougher team. So uh, if, you're, if you're the men's team, I mean, obviously you're trying to win every single game, and you're not even thinking about seedings right now, but that top three seed should really, really be the goal, and I think that that's their expectation, and I think that that's where they're going to end up. All righty. Sounds good to me. But tough test tomorrow. Yeah, I I love that these conversations we have. I could ask you the same question next week, and maybe we'd have different answers, right? Because yeah, we'll see. That's <laughs> and I think that's a fun thing about the Mountain West Conference that right now, with the exception of a few, there's there's a lot of competition there. But Jaden, we were are always gonna have people talking about strength of schedule, right? And sure. Um, the types of teams we've played, and if that really you know, can show how good we are. I mean, especially we have BYU fans bring this up all the time, right? And we bring it up to them. So I want to hear your take on how tough is the Mountain West, first off, in men's this year? How did they compare? Are they, I mean, are, are we NCAA contenders? You know, what? where do you put the Mountain West as far as competitive teams? Well, conference or competitive conferences go. Uh, well, I think uh, on the men's side, you you've got Nevada, who is gonna make the tournament. One hundred percent, they're gonna make the tournament. Uh, it certainly helps if they, as uh, Emmy Harris just walked by from the women's basketball team. Speaking of which, yeah, favorite <laughs> team. I got to talk to her this past week too. Yeah, she's uh, awesome. <laughs> Anyways, but the uh, yeah on the and the men's team, Nevada could go ahead and they could lose five more games in conference, and they're still, they're still going to make it as an at-large. Um, and so the Mountain West's best bet is for them to lose in the tournament like they did last year, and then you get an automatic second bid. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but there are teams in the Mountain West that have, uh, that have the argument for an at-large bid. Utah State, Fresno State. I think either of those teams right now, if they play the rest of their schedule the way that they've been playing, and if they win uh, a couple of these bigger games, you know, maybe get maybe get one win over Nevada, or get a road win over uh, over one of the top teams in the conference, they're going to have a chance at getting into the tournament as an at-large. Uh, but as a whole, the, the conference is really a little bit, I don't want to say down, because it's been down for about three or four years now, mm -hmm. but it's not where it should be. When this is something that we were talking about when we were talking about football, right, when um, you brought up that Coach Anderson came in, right, and yeah. said we're, we're done playing these silly bowl games, right, where, mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's one of the times when the conference is in a way comparable, right, throughout the sports, even though we know it's a different thing, we know it's, <laughs> I don't know another way to say this other than a different ball game, right, mm -hmm. but this is one of the ways where that's comparable, where the Mountain West kind of hangs where it's at across the board. I think the Mountain West needs some work, and that's a different topic for a different day. I mean, mm -hmm. you've had the same commissioner since the start of the conference, and the landscape has dramatically changed, and you've got all your games being put on AT&T Sports. And, mm -hmm. and you're playing, you're putting your second-place teams in the New Mexico Bowl and stuff like that. But that, that's a different conversation. But, I mean, part of it is the teams holding up their part of the deal. And, and frankly, just the past few years, teams haven't. Uh, and you look at outside of, outside of you know, the trio of, of Utah State, Fresno State, and, and, uh, and Nevada on the men's side, and there's just not much there. San Diego State is much, much down from past years. Yeah, I remember they were Boise like a powerhouse State for so atrocious. long. atrocious. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wyoming, my goodness, they've well, been the, bad. There's a handful that have never been there, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, you San always, Jose. I was just going to say, yeah. you love bringing up San Jose Goodness. State as one of those. So I, I think they're in a conference. They, um, I don't know, maybe the question is, do those three teams that have it have enough to kind of pull us out? Maybe, like, bring the rest up with them, or is that how, not how it's going to work? No, no. It's, but, you know, I, I don't think so. And um, you, you've got a few, like, middling teams, and I think that UNLV has, has a chance to start to build and, and be 
pretty good here in the next couple of years. But when you've got when you when you when you have an out of conference performance like the Mountain West Conference had this season, where almost in any instance that you're going up against decent teams outside of the conference, your teams are losing. It's it's not a good sign, and um, I think that it's probably a one bid league again this year. All right. Which is tough, and, and really West Coast basketball as, in a, in a whole is down. You look at. The Pac-12 conference, goodness, right. they've been bad. The West Coast conference has been okay. They've got you know one or two decent teams, and so it's a larger problem, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, either way, I'm excited for the rest of this basketball season. Both both teams we got here at Utah State, I think um, the attention we'll get from them nationally, hopefully, but at least in the conference, is a good thing, and it's been fun to watch. We're gonna switch gears here. Jaden, gonna again put you on the spot. Um, so right before we started this, our our advisor Nate was right. He was asking us, "Why don't you talk about Tory Green?" And um, it brought something up in my mind. I was also kind of scrolling through Twitter real quick, and I see I saw from uh, Lauren McCluskey's parents. They said they had their first interview in the media today about their daughter's death. Um, so Lauren McCluskey, right, she's the track and field athlete at the U who was shot and killed in her car last semester mm -hmm. um, on campus. And then there's Tori Green, whose hearings have been going on for a year and a half, two years now, and um, was just convicted. So it's this part of our jobs, me and you, Jaden, where we are in this industry and we're part of this big how would you describe it? This big, not organization, but this big like community. community. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> community of sports that a lot of the times we're sitting here talking about scores and fantasy basketball, mm -hmm. and then it collides sometimes with the real world, and um, we kind of have to maneuver how we're going to talk about these politics of everything. Where. Lauren McCluskey's parents right now are fighting for safer campuses so people won't have to go through what they went through with their daughter. And then there's, like, you know, the other side of it where there's athletes like Tori Green that still don't see the wrong in what they've done in um, sexually abusing someone. So there's these things that I'm talking about, and I know this is like a really, uh, switching gears was a way to put it lightly, right? Uh, but I want to get your take, Jaden, on how we as sports reporters and voices in the sports community talk about politics and what it really means to the sports world. Or does sports mean something to politics? I mean, is, is it sports influencing politics? Is it politics influencing sports? And by politics, I mean like all those things that go on, right? All the, the outside negative, sometimes positive things that go on um, that tie sports into the real world. So you as a sports reporter, and you even have political science major, right? You're mm -hmm. a dual major, so right. you've got your PR and your political science. Mm -hmm. How often do you find those words colliding? Um, in, in, I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're asking mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I understand, like, the transition that we're making, and obviously, you know, it's a, it's a big topic of prominence, and especially, you know, you brought up Green, you've also got the Jamal Evans hearing that's about to take place. That's another Utah State athlete, another Utah State football player, and it's it's more than relevant, especially with you know the Lauren McCl McCluskey stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but could you, I yeah, guess, totally. could you yeah, uh -huh. explain a little so bit? So what away? I mean is, these things that tie sports to the outside world sometimes are so negative that it's easy to be like the mm. same thing I said to Nate, our advisor who came in was like, "Why don't you talk about this?" I was like, "Oh, we don't cover that, right?" And he responded by saying, you don't cover what's relevant, right? So it's easy to sit here and talk about scores. It's so easy to talk about our favorite players on the teams. Yeah. Sometimes these tougher conversations need to be had, though. Do sports offer maybe a way to have those conversations more for you? Or are they the reason those conversations are coming up? No, I see, what you're, okay, I see what you're saying. Sorry, well, thank no, you for I, having me rephrase that. Sorry. I think that, well, I think that a lot of people look at sports as... Uh, 
a reason to not have to think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, An outlet, kind of, right? Yeah, because, uh, you know, you could turn on the news at any time, turn on the Channel 5 news or whatever, whatever you watch it and see, you know, so-and-so got murdered and so-and-so was kidnapped and, and all the negative things going on in the world. Uh, or if you're like me, you just turn to Sports Center and you watch that the, the Lakers got killed again. and that's, Brings you uh, some joy, Yeah, right? exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think that more and more in recent years, and probably rightfully so, you're having a little bit of a... You're having those things intersect, and you know now more and more sports centers talking about, uh, you know, players getting arrested. You get big time players. You get, uh, you know, some of the stars of the sports that are getting arrested for domestic violence and for uh, much worse crimes than that. In instances, you get Aaron Hernandez, uh, and so I think that it's. I get why people try and tune that kind of thing out but the more that we're aware of it and the more that uh, outlets news outlets you know journalists who are paid to do this job the more that they're able to bring this up in, in, in conversation with other sports and the more that they're able to make it known make it aware the less that it's gonna happen the more that people are aware uh, it's gonna be something that we start to see on the decline and so it's really important for us to, to pay attention to these kind of stories and for uh, sports outlets to cover this kind of thing, you know? It's a sports story. Sure, it's, it's news and it's uh, very relevant in the news community as well. But when you've got people who are given a podium because of their athletic abilities and in a lot of instances able to do what they were able to do because of their athletic abilities and get away with it for so long in many instances, because of their athletics abilities, is something that needs to be addressed. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's what, and that's what I was getting at, right? Whereas, is it because they have these athletic abilities that these horrible things have happened, or is that just something we have a microscope up to because they're already on this platform? But the way you said it is perfect, right? Either way, regardless of why or how it ended up happening. If we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. we're at much more of a risk of it continuing to happen, and that being eventually the only thing we have to talk about, right? If, yeah, yeah. if we Absolutely. don't bring it up, um, and I do like that thought that if we let people know and if we're aware, and we talk more about these horrible things that these people have done, and the not only that but also the the healing, right? That Lauren McCluskey's mm-hmm. parents are now trying to make it so that no other parents have to go through what they went through. Exactly. So no other college girl has to worry about that horrible nightmare that happened to Lauren McCluskey. Um, those things too, right? Those have to be just as much a part of our conversation because the healing that that can bring to, honestly, the whole state that was, you know, in that heartache with her parents, I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do mm-hmm. as journalists and hopefully as sports fans, right? Hopefully we all think of it as our job to, you know, when we're talking about games or when we're talking about things, rather than just numbing ourselves to um, knowing, you know, the, the hard things that are going on in the world, being able to embrace those through sports. Sadly, they collide sometimes, right? So, but it does give us an opportunity to find that healing. So thanks for switching gears there for, for me. Um, I know that was like a really weird turn. We usually don't go into things like that here on the sports page out loud, but I think we we probably should more, and I should be not as quick to say, no, we don't cover things like that. But on a lighter note, Jaden said today, as a recap, Jaden said that um, if the season were to end right now, Shannon Duffy City Mountain West Player of the Year. So keep an eye out for that. And um, tomorrow, 2 o'clock, you can hear Jaden, um, or you can even see him. If you go to the Spectrum, you can look for him down on the sideline. Um, sideline? We call it courtside or sideline? Courtside. Yeah. Thank you. Well, side. Either one works. It's still a sideline, right, even though it's True. not a grassland. Um, 2 o'clock, Aggies host New Mexico here, and the men's team will be in New Mexico. Two really good games that are going to mean a lot for the rest of the season. Yeah, 
Um, I'll, I'll say the same thing about uh, this this women's game against New Mexico, as I said about their their games against Wyoming and Colorado State. You know, one game doesn't define a season, but a string of them do. And if you're sitting at this point of of, of conference play, and at that point, you know, if, you, if you're able to defeat New Mexico, you'd be six and one with wins over New Mexico, over Wyoming, and on the road to Colorado State. That just continues to change the perspective of what this team can achieve. And so uh, a big game there, not only for perspective, but just, you know, for the standings and for the current look of the conference. And so, uh, you know, we can all uh, hope for a Utah State win there, and it should be a good game. All right, and then we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about next week, too. Jaden, thank you for joining me today. Always good to have you here. Like I said, this show quite literally would not happen <laughs> without you. Um, if you liked what you heard today, please give us a follow, or um, you can give us a shout-out, maybe topic ideas for our show next week. You can find me on Twitter at SportsPage94, and you can find Jaden at JadenJohnson00, and you're always welcome to follow Aggie Radio. This is the Sports Page Out Loud on Aggie Radio, KBLU, LP, Logan, Utah, 92.3 FM. If you wanted to